Left. Right. Yo, what's going on? Thank you for joining us. This is a pretty cool episode, I think. I like the premise. The idea is that you can be given five million bucks, but you can no longer work. Would you take that deal? Um, and I really uh, think we bring a little insight, but I'm curious what your opinion is. Because remember, you can go through 500 bucks in 2021 pretty damn fast. And uh, five million bucks in uh, 15, 20 years isn't, isn't going to have the same weight that it does now. So uh, listen and uh, let me know, would you take the deal? This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> Cheers. 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 What's up, James? Welcome to episode 123 of Sip Talk. My name is Justin DeJulia. I'm joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James is a philosopher, an accountant, a professional referee, and a professional bartender. We kicked off behind the scenes talking about a Hemingway daiquiri. We talk about this quite a bit. I've never made one, actually, and I've never ordered one. You were defending your stance and going to an Italian restaurant and ordering a Hemingway daiquiri. Yeah. And I would think any restaurant would probably not be the place I would, depending on the bar, but you really got to size up the bar when you walk in to order a, to order a specialty cocktail, right? My, my thinking is, see, I don't look at it as a specialty cocktail. I think a lot of people don't know what a Hemingway daiquiri is. I would, I would hope that a bartender would, but this isn't a, this isn't a cocktail tradesmith right this is this isn't a mixologist this is your olive garden what 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 type of what type of italian restaurant were you in when you when you ordered this it was a fairly nice italian restaurant uh, it wasn't olive garden white tablecloths um no average price of the entree probably 20 to 25 bucks and the average cocktail price? I don't know. Because um, I didn't make you drink. No, because this was at work and the CEO was paying, not me. Oh, this was that dinner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so um, I actually ran into, there's a restaurant, there's a bar near my old apartment in the city. And out of the blue one day, I went to go there and the doors were just closed. Over the next couple of weeks, researching, apparently, we're, you know, searching for this place on Google, trying to figure out what happened, reading the reviews on Yelp, come to find out the owner of the restaurant just bounced and moved to Mexico. The employees, okay. the employees didn't even know. This was like my go-to cocktail bar. The guys that work there, very passionate about the drinks, which for me, that you know, when you're sizing up a bar to order a well, This is a bar that I had gone to? This is one of the bars. It was called Burke and Wills, the Australian, Australian cocktail bar. Was that the one that was like in a like underground? It's like a yeah, like a first floor kind of lower level uh, spot. It was a cool spot, and I don't think we made it upstairs to the kind of like a speakeasy esque cocktail bar upstairs. We never made it up there, right? No, like it was. If it was on two floors, then we went to the floor that was basically basement level. Yeah, 
Either way, great cocktail bar. They closed out of the blue. I was super, super bummed about this. Obviously, I was excited to bring you there because it's a cool cocktail bar. I actually ran into the bartender last night. He's got a, a new job at a, uh, a different bar in Midtown, which was, which was kind of cool. And I, we got to hear the story about, uh, about what happened from him. And they didn't even know. He turned up to work and there was just nobody there. Doors were locked. So super, super wild. But I'm hurting today. We're going to see how this episode goes. I am very much hungover. Went to the Yankees game last night with some of the guys from the office. One of the owners uh, treated us to the tickets. We went to the Yankee Steakhouse beforehand, which is a, you know, I'm the hugest Yankees fan. But uh, we got to go to this Yankee Steakhouse, and there was eight of us, and we had probably six giant tomahawk steaks, and they let you, like, engrave. They engrave whatever you want on the bone of the – of the tomahawk, which is kind of badass. Um, it was a pretty cool experience. You ever been to Yankee Stadium? Uh, yeah, but not the steakhouse. Not the steakhouse. Um, what are you drinking cool. there? I'm just drinking uh, a Diet Coke here. I got I got a little tequila and uh, some uh, lemon-lime seltzer here. I'm going to make one of those in a minute. But like I said, I'm really hurting today. So... Uh, we're going to talk about what happens when you get 5 million bucks and advice on what you should do with, with the 5 million bucks. And uh, we're going to get into that in a minute, but I can only imagine uh, I'd have some pretty severe hangovers if I didn't have to show up to work every day. And I just had 5 mil million bucks chilling in a bank account. Well, that's one way to make sure that you're not going to have to worry about running out of money. What not working? No getting drunk that often to that degree <laughs> means that you're not going to have time to run out of $5 million. Well, it depends on what you're doing when you're drunk, really. Uh, how was your weekend? Well, what did I do over the weekend? Crap. You did crap. No. Uh, oh, I went to a Thai restaurant and um, somebody at the table ordered a Moscato. Okay. And so the server goes to the bar and then comes back and says, um, we don't have the ingredients to make a Moscato. <laughs> and I just said, it's not a cocktail. <laughs> did they end up, did they end up having that? No, they didn't like, they didn't even know that Moscato was a wine. Yeah, I know. But I imagine <laughs> if they had some wine that there'd be a decent chance they'd have like a, a Cabernet a Moscato, a Pinot. No, Pinot. they didn't. But that was one where like, so the server was obviously pretty new, but he was trying. Um, and so I was like, I don't hold this against the server. It's not his job to have like a knowledge of cocktails and everything. But, but we're the talking bartender. Like, again, like you don't need to have an encyclopedic knowledge of cocktails to work at a bar. But you should know the difference between what a wine is and what's a cocktail. Yes. And this is a collaborative Especially, effort. This is, also, Moscato is not like a super exotic wine. That's a really common it's one. A very common. Yeah. Not not one of my favorite wines at all, but I do see it pretty commonly. Uh, is it really wine, though, <laughs> is one of the comments on TikTok. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, is Moscato really wine? Yeah, it meets all the definitions. Yeah, it's, it's definitely really wine. Is it a wine lover's wine? No. No. S simple, simple answer on that. Um, yeah, speaking of when you said Thai restaurant, you actually made me think about wearing a tie to a restaurant. I haven't, I haven't been to a restaurant. I don't think ever where, you know, I, I'm trying to think where they're like, no, you're you're underdressed for the restaurant in a formal setting. I did, however, get this 
Stella shirt that I happen to be wearing right now, I went into an outdoor restaurant style venue with like picnic tables and, and it, an outdoor bar. And I had a tank top on. And one of the waiters came over and said, the owner said, uh, you, you need to have at least short sleeves. You can't be here in tank top, which I thought was a little funny. I don't know. And so you bought a Stella shirt? No, they gave me that. They gave me the shirt, actually. Oh, I was going to say, like, I don't know why you would spend money on a Stella shirt. I wouldn't (laughs) even spend money on Stella beer. They gave me they gave me just a random beer T-shirt because that was classier than the uh, (laughs) the tank top that I was wearing, given it wasn't obviously a super classy tank top. I don't think any is. But um, but funny enough, they, they told me I couldn't wear that tank top in the restaurant bartender had a tank top on but she was a girl so um thai restaurant's nice i uh i know you hate seafood i keep thinking about seafood and keep thinking about how you don't like seafood we had this giant (laughs) with this giant seafood tower at the table yesterday and over the weekend my mom came down uh give a little shout out to my mom she came into town for the weekend and uh we did a lot of yard work some landscaping definitely burnout uh, kicked our own asses, just kind of working out around the house. And we went and we got giant, uh, King crab legs. These things were huge and, uh, we couldn't finish them all. So, uh, we had scallops, crab legs and shrimp, which I, I'm, I'm very much aware that you hate all of those. Dude, I'm just imagining what your place smells like, but it's, uh, sm- smells very clean. We, uh, we cooked it outside actually, cause there's still no kitchen, but, uh, just great food tip very seldomly will you be eating crab legs and have leftovers because usually it's kind of tough work and you're not getting giant giant crab legs we had so many crab legs i just finished the crab meat today and it's wednesday we cooked this saturday night and then and then sunday uh we went to a really cool cocktail bar out here in new jersey which i thought was uh it was really nice to know there's a nearby cocktail bar speaking of cocktails but save you some money on the commute yeah right <laughs> oh dude so at the thai restaurant i go to the server and i say hey man like i can't do any seafood no fish sauce anything like that what can i get because because you know thai food so so many of their dishes have fish sauce fish in them. Sauce, yeah and so the guy comes back and the let's say the menu had like 40 or 50 items on it between like appetizers all the way through he comes back and he's like hey, you got like these four choices what'd you end up getting um red curry and i asked them to make it like thai hot plus and it was barely american hot yeah yeah like i i don't know i i'm starting to get pretty frustrated with restaurants like tailing back on what they think i can handle when it comes to heat but but also i feel there's this kind of like cultural one-upsmanship about different cultures and their spice levels and I think, you know, you have you have like the Indian and the, and the Thai crowd where they're like, oh, yeah, this is we eat spicy food all the time. And then like you give them like, a you know, a, uh, anything above like a Tabasco sauce or even just a different brand of, of hot sauce. But not like, oh, this I can't. This is too spicy. You like, well, what, what happened, man? Or uh, Mexican Mexican food. They're always bragging about super spicy stuff. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, I think there's a let there's spice the flavor of spice and then there's pain and different levels of pain i look at spice when we talk about spicy stuff in levels of pain right like right, a so one- when i'm ordering spicy i'm looking for like 
I want the chef in the kitchen to actively try and hurt me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I would say a Tabasco sauce is like a one to two, right? Like you have a teaspoon of Tabasco sauce. That's a one to two on the, on the spice scale. And there is really a, a spice scale that they measure. Uh, was it capsaicin? Yep. And, uh, but, and I think Tabasco ranks pretty, pretty low. Cause you get, you Tabasco is get... about a 5,000 or so. I think maybe it's like 2000 to 5,000. I'm and not entirely goes, sure. That goes basically up to a million or so, right? Mm, can go higher than that. Pure, pure capsaicin, I think is like 16.5 million on the scale. And that would burn a hole in your tongue. Uh, it might actually. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, we did this hot sauce challenge in the office and one guy freaked out ran around the office pouring water on himself ripping his clothes off they called uh they called the 911 the paramedics showed up um so yeah tabasco sauce is between 2500 and 5000 on the capsaicin scale the scoville scale yeah 2500 um, and 5000 and pure capsaicin is 16 million I'm pretty sure and a, on that and a one. habanero pepper would be, uh, we'll let you go up to that. about 250,000. Yeah. So habanero, yeah. Habanero is 250,000 and Tabasco is 2,500 to 5,000. So uh, habanero's 100, 100 to 350,000. Okay, so 20 to yeah. 20 to 70 times more. Exactly. So I'm saying if you can't handle a teaspoonful of Tabasco sauce, then you have no idea the levels of spice that are beyond that. <laughs> so, right. And I feel like some people are like, oh, Tabasco is about as spicy as, as I can go. But I'm, I'm definitely over this cultural bragging about uh, people's cultures, spice levels, because I think most of the time it's totally bogus. And somebody that likes to experiment with hot peppers yeah, I don't know. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Well, for me, I don't care which culture wins or whatever. I just want it like when I order something super spicy, don't hold back in the kitchen, man. Like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, it, it could be some pretty severe pain, though. Since uh, we're on the topic, um, let's let's tell the viewers what we're actually talking about tonight. Well, yeah, let's uh, let's get there. because. <laughs> So this was this was Rosh's idea. You guys were going back and forth about this topic yesterday. I was at this Yankees game. I missed most of it. I, I recapped the text message conversation this morning. I was like, shit, this is a really good idea. And the question we're posing is, what would you do if someone gave you five million bucks? And I think there was a certain. Uh, so the, the rule is that you you get five million dollars today, but you can't work and earn any more money for the rest of your life. Do you take the 5 million now or you, do you take your future earning potential over the rest of your life? And I think now, with that $5,000, you're allowed to invest five million, it. 5 million. Yeah, 5 million. With that $5 million, you're allowed to invest it however you want. But like, you're not allowed to work a job anymore. Yeah. Now, I think there's some, obviously people who are making you know, at least a few hundred thousand dollars a year would say, well, I'm going to work. Why would I, you know, I have, I have earning potential way beyond that 5 million mm -hmm. and I'll be able to live a much more exciting life. But the thing about this 5 million is really how bright do you want to burn, right? Like how, because the brighter you burn, 
the the shorter you last, right? Yep. And that's because five million really isn't a huge sum of money. It also depends on how old you are. You know, well, and, and I think in today's world, you could cycle through five million bucks really fucking fast. Well, think about it. Let's say that both you and I have 50 years left because that's an easy number with five million. That's a hundred thousand dollars a year. If you're just drawing from that five million and it's not bearing interest. Correct. Yeah, which really I think you'd be making about that amount of money with the interest. Two percent two percent yield on five million gets you a hundred thousand. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's really easy math. That's a hundred thousand dollars a year. You're not working, it's just paid out to you, distributed every month. You're obviously taxed on it, but you'd be taxed if you were making a hundred thousand bucks a year, anyways. I don't. What are the different tax rates? You know what the tax rate is on on interest. Interest is ordinary income. Dividends. We're going to assume that you are getting qualified dividends on those, which are taxed at the long term capital gains rate. What percentage is that? Um, if you're only earning a hundred thousand dollars a year, a portion of that hundred thousand is going to be taxed at zero percent. Because you have no other earnings. We're assuming that this is the only thing you're making is the dividends. So a portion of that 100000 is going to be at 0%. And then another portion is going to be at 15%. Um, I don't remember what the brackets are, but it's probably going to be like about 60000 or so. Maybe a little less. Like, let's say 50000 at 0% and then the other 50000 at 15%. So you'd be paying 7500 or so in tax on the 100000 Let's just call it there. Not bad at all. It's not 92.5 in your pocket at the end of the year. Yeah, but which you can either just put back into your investment and let it compound with the interest, or you can spend it on fun things. Let me uh, let me hit you with some of the viewer uh, comments on what they would do. And I only I only posted this a little while ago, so we'll see what that what that gets us. But uh, I got from Amy Mears. I don't know if you remember Amy Mears. She said, "Buy a nice house." a new car, pay off debt and donate to charity and invest the rest. And then I got from Matt, uh, another DiGiulio. This is Matt DiGiulio. He says, move to Hawaii. It's a, it's a pretty easy answer there. Let's see. Let's see what else I got here. I want to know from the people that are listening right now, would you take the deal? $5 million, but you're not allowed to earn any money except off of the investments that you do with the 5 million can't work can't can't do anything else 5 million is the is the last dollar that you will get for the rest of your life you take the deal i would i would i would take the deal the thing is you got to be really really smart with that money so let me uh let me hit you with uh with some of these answers here open a rescue from amy rose is that like a pet rescue? I would have to think so. That's what, that would be my guess too. Uh, Brandy K says, invest some into my children's future, pay off my house, buy an SUV, and move to Alaska. Or No, I'm sorry, travel to Alaska. I was going to say, why would you pay off your house if you're going to move to Alaska? But travel to Alaska. Interesting. Well, I guess you could buy a house in Alaska and rent out the house that you just paid off. Because I would consider that to be investment income. Uh, I would allow that as investment income. Rental money from a house. 
rental money from a house. Yeah, but you're going to, that money would be paying off the mortgage if you just started renting the house, right? Yeah. Would you, would you rather have that but money? But like, in the you're, bank? you're not working for that money. You're using, you're using your assets to earn money off well, of their okay, own. Okay. So say you owe, say you owe, say your house is worth 200 grand, you owe 100 grand on the house and you you know you're you're paying 20 200 bucks a month and it, let's say it's a three or four bedroom house you could rent that in your area for let's say 20 200 bucks so it's basically break even would you pay off the hundred thousand dollars now you're a hundred thousand down or would you just let the renters pay that pay the mortgage off it depends on where i'm going to live like if I'm going to be traveling a whole bunch and I don't need a house, then I'd probably just leave it. Um, I'd probably let somebody else pay off my mortgage for me. Yeah. But I mean, if I'm going to be living in this house, well, no, I'm saying you're you're renting it off. You're 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 renting it out. You're moving away. The question is, would you pay off the mortgage and just you know you'd be making that money back in rent, or would you keep the mortgage and let the rent contribute towards the mortgage? I'd probably keep the mortgage because. Right now, I'm probably paying three to three and a half percent interest on the mortgage, and I would expect my investments to be yielding more than that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, that okay. that's kind of where I would have gone with that too. Uh, all right, then aspire to be says buy a house and quit my job. I guess I didn't include the part that you. Oh, you have to quit your job. You got to quit your job okay. to take it. So buy a house from Catherine Fowler. Buy a house and travel. Um, then I got Candace Lux Life invest 2.5 million and then give 2.5 million to charity and then uh, 1.25 create a stable life. Wait, invest half 2.5 million, half of 2.5 million to a charity, and then the other 1.25, so the remaining quarter creates a stable life. Okay. Um, well, and so when, when we, when me and Rosh were going back and forth on this last night, he was talking about how he would like to get like a solar powered boat <laughs> and just kind of like, yeah, just kind of like sail around the world and like live off of the boat and everything. And somewhat off the grid, it sounded like. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, you can get one of these boats for about 3.3 million. Like and then you don't really need to spend too much money after that. And I said you should talk to Justin about what maintenance on a boat is like. The boat maintenance is insane, and we did not have an expensive boat. We had a, a pretty kind of cheap boat, and uh, but the thing is, boat when you're driving a car, and I think if you've driven a boat, you'll understand this. If you haven't, I'll do my best to paint the picture. When you're driving a car on the highway. You have your foot kind of, uh, you know, a fifth of the way down on the gas pedal and you can, you can lift it up a little bit, but with a little steady press, you can, you can get the car staying at 60 miles an hour, your engines running at, you know, 2.5 thousand RPMs and you're doing 60 miles an hour. You're not taxing the engine that much. If you let your foot off the gas, the car will keep going. With the boat, the entire time that boat is in motion, the engine is almost at uh, full force. And if you if you if you take anything off the gas, you let up on the gas, the boat basically comes to a halt because you have that water pressure 
pushing back at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, the, 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 a boat engine has to work a hell of a lot harder than a car engine. So there's very there's a lot more opportunity to have mechanical breakdowns and things like that. And then boat engines also typically aren't as accessible as car engines. And uh, I'll give you an example. When it comes to a car engine, you can get your car to a dealership. <laughs> when it comes to a boat engine, if you're having real mechanical issues, it's very difficult even to get your boat out of the water as uh, <laughs> as someone who's... who's <laughs> you know the story, but it's, it's difficult to explain. But basically, the boat that I had sank, but it was on shore. So it only sank a couple of feet. We had to, we had to scoop all the water out and uh, get the boat floating again, kind of off the bottom on the lake. And then... We couldn't drive it because the engine didn't work. So I had to swim it along shore. Uh, what was it? You think that was like two miles or so? You had to like just Maybe push it along the shore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of like swimming and walking it along the shore with my friend George inside the boat. And he was supposed to be paddling. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, I'm in the front of the boat up to my shoulder swimming, swimming the boat. Yeah, moving at like half a mile an hour. <laughs> exactly. Killing myself, kill, literally killing myself. And uh, not literally killing myself, but it was a, a lot of work. And uh, I, uh, I finally took a break and he was napping in the boat. I was not I was not so happy about that. Uh, but well, the other thing that the, here's another big difference with boat maintenance versus car maintenance. Everything you said about like the wear and tear on the engine is completely legit. But like if you have a car that's just sitting outside or being driven or whatever, like air doesn't actively abrade the car. Whereas water, there's all sorts of stuff in water that is just constantly working against the structural integrity of the hull <laughs> and anything in contact with it yeah, double or triple engine. more. So if you're in salt water. Yeah. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> I like Rock's idea. I like the idea of living off the grid and, and being kind of self-sufficient, but that's a fuck ton of money to drop on one thing. And that's the, that's the scary part about it. Let me, uh, let me hit you with the, the, the next couple of them. Cause I, I want to, address everybody who uh no that's a that's a weird one uh new car this is from elena sj new car new house and travel i think travel is a big one and i think that's kind of the idea that rosh has on the boat also but i was gonna say fuel cost but he's talking about a solar boat yeah if he's got a solar powered sailboat or whatever you don't really have to buy fuel you just need to make sure that the hole doesn't Bring a big leak. Yeah. Um, and then from Spy Glass Amber, get vaccinated. I don't. They're free. <laughs> Are they? Oh, yeah. Actually, they're paying you to get vaccinated. You're, yeah. You're, Speaking you're, of which, have you gotten vaccinated yet? No, but I'm, I'm going to. Well, when? Well, so they just released this thing in New York that now in order to go into any place, basically, you have to be vaccinated which I think is a really good idea. Now I'm just well, going to get vaccinated. Yeah, go do it. I, I actually, I, a lot of people are like up in arms about this. And one, the only reason I think it would be contentious at all is just they, they should have done it four or five months ago. 
and and that way just people would have been forced to do it and we just would have dealt with it but the fact that they've waited this long to do it and now they're doing it to me is kind of uh <clears throat> just kind of lousy lousy govern governing uh, yeah but you know what it's working because until they came out with this rule you didn't get your vaccine so well, <clears throat> i yeah i'm not again i'm not against it and now i just have to do it uh so uh Wave back to Amy Rose and Raj said and and Maria, uh, Maria Salas. Actually, that's for you, James. She wasn't talking to me. I love having a cheerleader. <laughs> and uh, Raj says Uber will take you to your vaccine place for free. Is that true? Yes, I believe it. Um, all right, let me hit a couple more. Uh, I'm gonna skip this kind of creepy one in Spanish. Uh, and then MJ says, anything I want, exclamation point. And then we got from Pero Cesar, retire. Uh, and then I got from Coco Sinsen, pay off my mom's debt and her house, pay for my kids' college education, and then invest. And, uh, and then Pete says, I'd split it with you, of course. Why? Did you happen to come into $5 million yourself? Uh, a good answer on, on his part so uh all right let me get back out of here but those are definitely uh those are definitely some good ideas um rosh was going to get a solar boat an electric car and then invest in uh in the crypto market which i think is a uh, the crypto market is something that's that i when i was reading about this today i came across that people wanting to invest in the crypto market buy when uh buy when the you know when they crash a little bit because they seem to be pretty volatile and just ride it up from there and you could potentially you know double or triple your money potentially we're not giving you advice we're not licensed for that i'm not a believer in it though all right so we haven't you haven't really answered what you'd do so would you said you would take the deal of course all right, so and now you can't work anymore, and you got five million up, ducks. Yeah, so you're giving up the fact that you can that you're you're giving up the ability to work. So with that, you're you're faced with a lot more free time. I like, which means more of potential to be spending this money to fill the voids of free time that you have, um, which is dangerous recipe there. Um, but I like the idea of having a lot less stress, right? You, you don't have to work. The th- my thinking, though, is you can't spend any of that money. Your lifestyle has to remain because you're giving up your ability to work. Mm-hmm. So your lifestyle has to remain very comparable to what it is. You can't be expecting to go buy that Lamborghini and you got to make the money work for you. And if you're getting any even at 2% interest return on that per year, you said a hundred grand. If you can get 3%, which is again, reasonable number to get, that's 150 grand a year that you'd be getting as your income. I don't don't know where the the tax goes with that. Well, one thing that we've lost in this when it comes to investing in your yields and everything else is that you've got to remember that this $5 million dollars like is not going to be indexed for future inflation. So any investment that you make right now, you need to be beating whatever inflation is because $5 million today is pretty good, but 
like five million dollars in twenty years might not be worth very much. That's a very good point. Um, I also think it depends on how old you are, right? That's one big part because yep. if if you're sixty five years old, you could start you could start digging into that money a, a little more so than if you are. 25 or 30 years old because the money doesn't have to last as long but the other way to look at it is <clears throat> do you want to have any of this money left over on your way out me personally no <laughs> that's uh i mean i think you don't want your your i can't think of the your principal amount to decrease and you want to live off of that. Well, yeah, like ideally, like if I were in this situation, I would try and make it so that whatever my yield is every single year, I'm living below that percentage. So that way I can at least have some, some value add to my principal and accrue. So oh. if I'm making $100,000 in the first year, I only want to spend 50 so I can put $50,000 back into the investment. And then the next year I'm earning, earning another, $50,000 more worth of interest. Well, I, percentage times 50,000. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I think that you have to not let your net worth decrease. So if you do spend any of it, you can't be spending it on depreciating assets. So the idea of paying off a house isn't as bad. And again, I, I, I would rather that you don't pay off that house, if you, especially if you're renting it out in the scenario that we just gave. Um, but, but the difference between paying off a house, which is an asset that increased in value versus paying off a car, which is a depreciating asset or buying a car outright. Right. And also if you're, if you're living in the house, paying it off now means you're actually going to be saving a lot of interest money, which is negative money. Well, yeah, but the, again, it's, you're you're paying interest every single year, but if you pay all that money down, then that's interest that you're not earning on your principal. So you still have to look at it as, am I earning more on my money by investing it, or am I spending more on interest by having loans? So if your mortgage is at three and a half percent, then your investment yield needs to be higher than anything. Three and a half percent. Yeah. Sim very very simple math, and that's probably the best way to, to break it down. Rosh says a car will depreciate unless it's a solar powered car. Nope, those will depreciate too. <laughs> that's uh, that's that is true. Just because they are getting older, and newer solar powered cars are coming out, just like yeah. The only cars that aren't going to depreciate are going to be like classic cars, and if you don't want them to depreciate, you can't really drive them. You can't really drive them exactly. Or if it is old enough, you can disconnect the speedometer, which. Not a bad idea. Yeah, but anybody who's going to be buying that classic car from you is going to be able to tell whether or not you had the speedometer disconnected because they're going to be able to see the signs of wear. They're, yeah, very. Positive. If they're knowledgeable enough to be spending money on a on a collectible car, they're knowledgeable enough to 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 catch that like that trick. True. True. So, uh, we had this promo from one of the banks. That was encouraging kids in our elementary school to basically open a bank account with them. And I think the promo was... Coho Savings Bank. 
Do you know what the promo I'm talking about? I remember investing like $20 as a seven-year-old, which was like my life savings. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, I think that might've actually been the bank uh, that I'm talking about, but what they did was they were going to give you a million dollars for a day, but you couldn't spend it. It, it was just, a contest. Yeah. Like, yeah. like one of like over the course of like the month or whatever, like all the kids that opened accounts with this bank, one of them would rap. win a million dollars for a day. Exactly. Which is a great promo. The idea was they're going to put a million bucks in your account and then you get to keep the interest after that day. Well, I think it was like 150 bucks or something. It was, it was roughly, yeah, roughly about that amount. And uh, do you know who won that? I'd love to find no. out who won that. I don't think it was anybody at our school. Oh, uh, it was multiple schools? Yeah. That, uh, that sucks. I mean, they're basically just giving away 150 bucks, which back, back then was a little bit more money. Not to the bank. Still still 150 bucks. Uh, But I wonder if they actually put that money in your account or if they just gave you 150 bucks in your balance. They just gave you 150 bucks in your balance. It's way easier. uh, Yeah, it's less risky too. Unless they're going to lock down your account. Imagine even overdrawing your account, but you had the, I don't know, that's that's a a tricky... uh, Yeah, imagine a seven-year-old walking into a car dealership. Like, my bank account's got a million dollars in it. Give me two Ferraris. Just make sure that it clears today. <laughs> um, do you remember the the movie Blank Check? You know the movie. The, I remember the, it existing. So the premise of the movie was, some, you know, a kid was riding his bike or something. So this 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 guy uh, in a Mercedes basically breaks his bike. So the guy writes him a check signs the check and leaves it blank and he's just like fill it out for whatever you need to do on the bank so the guy writes himself a check for the kid the child writes himself a check for one million dollars and then lives this this super lavish lifestyle kind of always looking over his shoulder you know to find this guy's gonna actually he may not have been looking over his shoulder he might have just thought he was kind of off scot-free which i guess from a young person's perspective, it seemed like a great movie. But when you're an older person, you're you're like, there's no way this guy had all these people on on salary, and he and he bought this super nice house, and he had all this shit going for him um, with just a million bucks, right? Like you well, can't afford a butler, a chef, this, that, and the next. Yeah, even accounting for inflation, twenty five or thirty years ago, like. Butler level rich is not one million dollars. Yeah, no, they're, they're, <laughs> that's, I mean, you're supporting somebody's salary, and uh, you know, and be, being a butler is uh, is not easy work. I imagine it needs to pay pretty, pretty well. I don't butlers are called, paid very well. Yeah, that's my point. I don't think they're called butlers anymore. I think they're called something else. I'm not certain. Butler is actually like a a pretty honorable title because. Like for back when like people would have a house full of servants, like the butler was the one who was in charge of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds like our sound is echoing. I'm sorry about that, guys. We're watching us live. That's not really in my control right now. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, it means you got to watch us. If you're watching us now and uh, we're echoing, it means you need to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And the audio podcast, and uh, you can watch us there. That that uh, that quality is much better. On, All right, uh, so you still um, haven't fully answered what you would do with the the five mil. Well, I wouldn't invest in stocks. 
uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the stock market. I think it's super risky. And uh, so would you what would you invest in instead? Maybe some type of real estate. I'm, I'm a big fan of real estate. Um, but but again, I wouldn't spend money on anything that wasn't paying back to you. And I wouldn't go and buy anything. A lot of people are saying they go on vacation. And also it never, <laughs> this is fucked up, <laughs> never occurred to me to, to donate anything to charity. That that hasn't really, did Rosh say that he would do that? Was that on his list? No, um, a number of our listeners did. A number, yeah, number, number. I mean, of kudos listeners. to you. Uh, we're, you're better people than we are. It didn't, yeah, but it, that's my point, and that's really shitty. Now I'm like, oh, I need to do maybe not donate to charity, but do something generally good, like set up some type of foundation or. Fund. Well, with all your free time, you could just volunteer. That's very true too. You could you could do things with your time that would be more beneficial than just giving a certain organization a lump sum of money. Uh, and and typically, the money that you give to charity, it doesn't all go exactly to whatever cause you're thinking. It's usually some bureaucracy and some establishment that has costs and it takes- yeah, Well, in defense to... of the nonprofits, like they do have costs that they have to cover. So expecting sure, that yeah. 100% of your money is going to be buying food for starving orphans or something is unrealistic. You've got to pay somebody to be administering all that. Like not, you can't have an organization that's run 100% by volunteers. It just doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Volunteers tend not to be- super motivated um okay so i said the way not to look at it is to divide five million dollars by the number of years you plan to be living for i don't think that's a very good way to look at that and i think we kind of both agree to a degree uh but you're saying that you you you're fine with having a zero balance by the time you kick the bucket yeah I'm not planning on leaving this to anybody. I, I think that's that's a pretty risky move because you don't know exactly when you're going to kick the bucket. So if you go, if you burn a little too fast, you could have some really shitty years at the end of your well, life. No, no, no. This is a self fulfilling prophecy, actually. Why and why is that? Well, when it <laughs> when it when when the money runs out, that's when we take the vet along some cliff road in California. And, and see what the top speed of this thing is. Speaking of Hemingway, Hemingway offed himself, I think at like 62 or 66 or something like that. He was uh, he was just done. He's like, yeah, I'm out. But I think he was off, so, also. Had so, some... yeah, like either the money runs out because I died of old age and like I hopefully got it about right. Or the money runs out early and I also happen to die when it's a zero balance. <laughs> you just happen to die. Yeah. Um, but but, you know, I'll say it again. The stopping working because you, you kind of part of the deal is you have to stop working um but then changing your lifestyle is you know really you're looking at what it, you know we're saying 90 to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year if you do very light investing yeah that's super conservative yeah i mean we're, we're pretty low interest rates here um you got, you know, you got to live in the lifestyle of somebody that makes ninety to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year because that's your new, that's your new job, and hopefully you can make that money do something for you. Well, one way to make that money go a lot further is living abroad somewhere where it's way cheaper. Yeah, but 
that really depends on that's a good that's a good point actually but it also depends on where you're going uh you know you're probably not going somewhere like uh england or france or uh, i said cheaper that's my point so you have to you have to be going somewhere where that where the currency is going to indonesia the caribbean fiji yeah, yeah you could you could definitely live live pretty well there let me see what else i have in my notes here uh the idea of, of paying a wealth manager i'm not a a big fan of i read somewhere that they cost like between one and two percent a year which is yeah that's huge, about right that's a huge amount of money but and that's it, not one or two percent of what you earn that's one or two percent of the total assets under management regardless of what they earn usually it'll be like 100 to 200 bips flat and then there will be like performance bonuses so that way like if they if they outperform let's i don't know i'm just going to make a number up and say like every dollar above five percent yield for that year like there'll be bonuses that go to the wealth manager for for basically meeting their goals so wealth management's expensive and for some people it might be worth it but well it's it's very expensive it depends on how much money you have all together before you get this five million bucks uh comments on TikTok. Five million is enough to become its own perpetual income machine forever. The four percent rule is two hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, another question is how much do you both have in brokerage? But we we don't have five million bucks in uh, brokerage. I got a little over twenty thousand invested. About that's good. That's good. Thank you for sharing that publicly. <laughs> well, I don't care. Um, Oh, like, fuck. I, I don't really consider that a flex. $20,000 is like, I know so many people that have way more than that. Well, especially when you work in finance, you, you see that a lot of people have, uh, have a lot of money. A lot of people in our generation don't have any money at all. And that's, uh, that's not good. That's not good. I think our generation is going to be working a lot later uh, unless the government does something to give us a universal basic income or something like that, which, which I don't see as a, uh, is very likely um but fuck i totally lost my train of thought here and i was taking notes all uh, right so you're gonna invest possibly real estate you're gonna probably do a little bit of volunteer work yeah um but the idea would be to relax and still also still have purpose what right? what kind of volunteer work would you do oh fuck i'm not very charitable so that's going to take a lot of brain power maybe work with the with the uh, less unfortunate teens, something like that, a little more hands-on. Uh, I would not be something. Uh, one of the comments was setting up a rescue, which we're, we were guessing is for animals. I'm not really into the animal thing. Um, working with the homeless scares the shit out of me because the homeless situation is mostly drugs and mental health, um, which. I'm really curious what's going to happen with this mayoral race in New York City and what's going to happen once we have a new mayor. I wonder really how they're going to deal with this this homelessness. It's funny because we we refer to the problem as a homelessness problem as if giving these people a home would solve the problem. Well, technically but, it would because then then they wouldn't be homeless anymore. <laughs> sure, but they would probably still be on the streets doing drugs, injecting heroin into their fucking thighs and shit that they're already doing. I, I don't think the issue is a homelessness issue. It's a drug 
substance and mental health issue. That's that's what we have going on. Not really and addressing it as a homelessness issue is not. I think if we were to do an episode on homelessness, we'd probably want to have someone who's an expert on it on because neither you or I are even remotely qualified. No, I, I actually I interviewed someone yesterday and she lives remember last summer we were talking about all the tents and the crap that was going up in midtown and how the homeless people were taking over the sidewalks she actually lives in a building that was right in front of all the shit that was happening in midtown okay and uh, and she's like it was it's some of the scariest times i've ever been in having to you know i guess she kept kind of rough hours because she was in the medical field. So like leaving uh, super early or getting home super late on different days. And she's like, it's fucking terrifying. Um, and again, it's not because these are, you know, people that are like, Oh, shucks. You know, I lost my, I lost my job and now I have to support my two kids. It's the only thing I want to be doing is drugs. And I'm willing to sleep in the street and beg for money just to get high and then pass out in the street. So these people oh. are, are crazy people. I think that's reductionist, but um, all right. So I think you've got a little bit more thinking to do about yeah, no, uh, <laughs> what kind of volunteer work you because no, but uh, yeah, I'd I'd like to work with the the youth. I think that'd be a pretty rewarding. You know, people like teaching because they like impacting people. I'm down for that. That would be something I I could have a little passion behind, versus me just having to come up with something for the sake of coming up with something. That would be something I'd I think would be good. Um. What else we have here? Hmm. What would you do for charity? What kind of volunteer work would I do? Well, any charity. Well, I, for, you're painting me into a corner here because I never said I would. <laughs> um, okay. So what if what if I put you on the spot and said you had to come up with something? Otherwise, you'd look bad in the public light on a podcast. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Um, uh, Maria says she's with you. She wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> she wouldn't donate either. Ah, man. Um, I think she's probably agreeing with me that if we were to talk about homelessness, we need to have an expert on. I don't know. There's a little bit of a lag, so she well, could be agreeing have. with we me. We had uh, uh, Derek. Uh, wait, this guy Derek on the homelessness uh, podcast. Yeah. Well, if I were to do some volunteer work, it would probably be. I would probably do something involving education. Okay, I think that's um, a good, good idea. Like either in public schools, like basically being a substitute teacher, but not getting paid for it, or working in an after-school program, something to help kids that that want to be better but don't have the resources. I I'm I'm all in on the uh, basically. <laughs> Rosh says I'm good with my hands maybe volunteering to build homes for families in need if I were to be building homes for family in need I'd be contributing directly to the homelessness problem <laughs> uh, that's not a bad idea I would do no I'm goals. talking <laughs> contributing negatively to the homelessness problem no, yeah I, I, I get what you're I get what you're saying uh, I could do something like that too but you have a ton of free time so you, you, you get to do this stuff well uh, I got one more question for you what car would you drive Ferrari 360 Medina. That would be your daily driver. Yeah, until it breaks down. And then <laughs> and then you'd be like a couple of high school kids that just graduated that bought a boat with all their money and couldn't afford to repair it or pay for it, gasoline for it. Well, that would be like the one thing that I would buy for myself with the money. Like that's the one luxury I would have. 
after I do that, then I'm just going to coast on everything. Like I'd probably wait like a year or two to build up a little bit of a reserve, but like I'd basically take that $5 million and park it into a whole bunch of like high interest ETFs, like high, high yield um, ETFs that, that yield like eight to 12% a year. Mm-hmm. So if I can do 8% a year on 5 million, it's 400,000 after a year, I can afford to buy that Ferrari. Exactly. And that's the, like the one thing that I would do. And then I'd live a super boring lifestyle. I already got a house, so I just keep on paying the mortgage. And I'd probably just like play a lot of golf and play like a lot of golf, a lot of biking and a lot of video games. <laughs> um, so Although if I had the 360 Medina, I'd probably be driving that around a lot too. <laughs> just drive it in circles. I think, I think that might get a little boring uh, fast, unfortunately. That's a, that's a thing about like lifestyle you, you got to change it up you can't do you can't just do one thing forever so it's really tough to even when you're like talking about how you would spend your time or money charitably i think you'd want to diversify your time and money a little bit you wouldn't just want to commit to one thing forever well once i had enough money saved up and this would again like if i can if i can make eight to ten percent a year on this which i think i could um I don't know. I'd probably also spend time in, in various other countries. I'd probably do like a couple months at a time in Spain, maybe do the South Pacific and like living abroad would be way cheaper. If, yeah. If you're in the, if you're in the right place, but travel, I think is a really big one and you would, you wouldn't have a job. So it would be a lot easier providing you're traveling relatively economically. You're probably not flying business or, or first class, definitely not private. Um, so there's this TV show on uh, HGTV and somebody brought this up to me yesterday. I've actually seen the show before. There's a real estate agent who just takes people around who have recently won. It's nice listening to you. Uh, <laughs> suck on that thing. Sorry. All right. So uh, recently won lotteries. Agent, yeah. But everybody who wins a lottery, they can go out with this real estate agent and he takes them. They look at these super luxurious homes, but obviously, you know, people win the lottery, you know, not everybody's winning a hundred million dollars. Um, or even $10 million. Some of these people are earning, you know, just a couple of million bucks and they're, and they're going out right away and looking at these super luxury houses. To me, I'm not crazy about the whole idea of just going and blowing the money on a house right away. So it's, it's, it's a cool show because the theory is cool, but it's difficult to watch in my opinion. It sounds to me like the real estate agent is taking advantage of people. That's how I feel. It's exactly how I feel. And I get it. It's a TV show. Like that's his gig. That's his right. Job. But the thing is, you have to look at somebody be like they just won two million dollars. They shouldn't be buying a million dollar house. Like you don't have their best <laughs> interests in mind. You have your own. Also, you know what we didn't address is what happens when you suddenly make a lot of money. Is people come out? Uh, people come out of the woodwork, and they want money. And they want well, favors and they winning the lottery is all a lot like fight club. The first rule of winning the lottery is don't talk about winning the lottery. That's tough. That's tough. Like I always joked back when uh, the, the Powerball or whatever was up to like almost a billion dollars. I bought a couple tickets when I was bartending, not because mm-hmm. I expected to win, but because it was fun. And I was like, I might as well. And it was a good bar conversation. And they're like, well, what would you do if you won? I was like, first of all, I'd still show up to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be your dead giveaway. And second of all, my attitude at work would be <laughs> drastically different. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then like, 
the boss is like, all right, James, I, I, I can't keep you anymore. Like, you can't be talking to the customers like that. You're fired. I'm like, actually, I'm not. I'm just going to buy the restaurant. By the way, you're rehired. <laughs> um, it means I have to sell you the restaurant, though. So that 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 could backfire on you. But Knowing um, how much money that restaurant was making, I wouldn't have had to dip too deep into the savings to to take it over. <laughs> so look, so you win the lottery and you're, you are going to quit your job. Well, you have to, well, no, let's just say you do win the lottery, not the scenario where you give the, you're, you're given the 5 million and you have to, you can't. Yeah. We're changing money. the rules. Now you just won the lottery. What but you, you won the lottery. You haven't gotten paid out yet. Are you quitting your job? No, not immediately. <laughs> I would want that payout first. I'd want that shit in my bank account. That's why uh, I said not immediately. Yeah. I'm, I, even when I like close deals and some of them are like good deals, I, I'm always so apprehensive about, about closing, you know, about like, I'm, I'm just always, a, it was put in my head really early on. Don't count your money until the check clears, right? Like somebody tells you they're applying or somebody says yes, and you're doing all the paperwork. That's a great feeling, right? But don't count on that money already. And then, but I've, I like take that way further like you know we we go in a contract we sign the contract and i'm like all right shit could still happen then like we close a deal and i'm like all right i don't have the check yet and then i get the check I'm like all right it still hasn't cleared and then the check clears i'm like well this could still blow back up like i want if you know if there are mistakes or something like that you know somebody could come after and i just i never had that high anymore it's a really really loud uh, well that's it. probably good actually it is, but also having that high, that that good feeling, is an important part of the business. Like that, you have to have a certain carrot. That's that's yeah. You forward. need the motivation. I get it. Now I have this. The opposite motivation is like if I don't show up and do this every day, kind of my lifestyle will deteriorate, which is which is also not great. <laughs> so, um, all right, we are going to get cut off. Thank you, Raj, for the heads up. We're hitting the hour mark, and now we get cut off at the hour mark. So, unfortunately. We got to go, guys. We enjoyed spending this last hour with you for episode 123 of Sip Talk. Please come join us again. We're sorry about the echo. James, it was nice hanging out. Rosh, Rosh Galeb, the man, the myth, the legend. Rosh, for all your video photography needs, is in the background helping monitor all of your comments and feeding them to us. We thank Rosh and we thank all of you. James, I'll catch you next time. Adios. Cheers. See you tomorrow. See ya. All right, guys. All right, that concludes this episode. You got to let me know. Is this a deal you would take? You want the five million bucks? You can't make any more money. You can't work. Let me know. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.